And Solomon said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Um, I want everyone to listen up, please, if you can. I have uh, some, some really important things to share right now. And because you are our family, our spiritual family, we want you to, to go on a journey with us. Anytime that there's a, a, an announcement or a journey, things that we're doing in our church, we really want you guys to be a part of it. And um, today, um, <laughs> it's hard to transition this, but today I want to let you guys know something that we've been talking about for months, that the Lord has actually for years, and the Lord has actually made it possible in this time. Do you know that the Bible says everything is made perfect in his what? Come on, in his what? For, every, for, every seed, for everything, there's a season and a purpose, a time, every purpose under, uh, for heaven. Well, I want Christina and John to come up here. Come here, Christina and John. Come here, give it up for Christina and John. Come on, give it up. Come on, give it up for Christina and John. Come on. I hope you got this. <laughs> okay, I think. Um, I promise not to get emotional or steal the thunder because I usually do both, right? Uh, <laughs> I did, I did. Um, but there's the bit... One of the things that I love about what God is doing in this season is that God is doing it based on people's dreams, desires, and lifelong uh, visions. And um, there is a season that we've all known since the beginning of the church. Uh, just a little uh, backdrop, we've been friends for years. For those of you guys who don't know, there are worship pastors and our, and our, and our youth pastor, but I've, I used to speak in their conferences. Uh, we've been 14, 14, 15 years um, and they dreamt with me and they believed in my vision when uh, we were in Buffalo Wild Wings five years ago. And I said, I'm going to start a church. And they said, we're with you. And they have raised so many people up. But there's a season now that's coming that I want them to hear, you to hear them uh, that is going to be glorious. Uh, but it's at the same time, you, you're feeling it emotionally. I know I'm feeling it emotionally. So why don't you just tell us, come here, John. How many love John and Christina? Come on, Amen. Hey, yeah, I guess so. Um, so we'll share. We'll make it as brief as we can. Um, we, I'll start first, I guess. So we, as long as we have been together. So John and I are high school sweethearts. And uh, we've been together. Wait a minute. You're going way back. Can we just land the plane? Like, No. Oh, no. Oh Need God. the details, right, ladies? Right? Thank you. Um, anyway, so... It, for those of people who don't know us oh, that well, oh. gosh. Anyway, um, so we've been together over 20 years. But way back, the reason I went back was because the Lord had shown us when we were uh, 18 years old, uh, actually closer to 17, that, and we used to go visit my grandparents in, the, in Georgia, in Blue Ridge, Blairsville area in Georgia. And every time we would go up there when we were dating, engaged, and married and everything, we would go there and we would feel like the mountains were home to us. And we, I remember where we were driving the, in Blue Ridge, um, coming back home from a trip, and we both felt like the Lord promised us we would return. One day we would end up there. So anyone who's known us any amount of length of time, we have always said, my kids are, you know, 19, 15, 15, and 10. They have only heard their whole life, one day we're moving to the mountains. In fact, when we talk about it now, they're like, we'll see mom and dad, because you've been saying it our whole life. But when we sat down with PG, five, it'll be five years ago um, in a couple months, just for the pre-launch services, 
um, he, he knew, we've talked to him for years about it, and he said, when is this happening? And we said, we, have, we feel like we've heard from the Lord five years, uh, which lined up with timing with our son graduating, our oldest son graduating, and a, a bunch of things. Well, here we are in five years. And um, I can't believe it's here. And we wondered, is the Lord going to extend it again? Because he's done that. Too. He's like, just kidding, and extended it even longer a few times. <laughs> Y'all love what he, he's like, here's your time frame. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but this time he hasn't. And he's, he's opened doors and opened our eyes to be able to say, this is now. And so um, we, are, we, were, we are moving this year. We're moving soon. And um, PG has prayed against it. Many have also. <laughs> but to their dismay, we're still going. The cool part is y'all have a place to come visit. Um, <laughs> we are going to be transitioning out of RCC over the next two months. Um, the reason being is we don't quite have the exact yet, but we know we want to be ready for when the Lord gives us that chance, and we would never leave you guys. Just be like, sorry, peace out, guys, and the next week be gone. So we want to do it right because we honestly, we would be here forever with you guys. Um, this is family. This isn't like when we leave and you go because you're mad and offended or you're doing something else like everyone else does. That's not us. We're actually leaving. I mean, if you guys want to leave and go with us, we're going to Tennessee. PG's glaring at me. Um, <laughs> There's a whole group of people that actually want to go to Tennessee in the mountains. You should just go. Everybody just go. Let's go to Tennessee. Smoky Mountains, guys. Anyway. Get Eli and his whole family. Yeah, y'all the church are, is they're take like halfway in. Anyway, um, <laughs> with that said, and I'll let John share his other half. So what we have been doing for months is we've been praying about this and talking about this. And we, John and I's heart is to raise up. That's what we do. We come in and we want to raise up and encourage. So obviously we're not going to leave you guys high and dry. And we also aren't going to make the process ugly. So we, through prayer and fasting and talking, um, we found who is going to be filling our place when we leave. So over the next couple months, those people are already in place doing what we do, but we're doing it behind them, cheering them on. You guys get to see that as a church family, and then when we leave, it won't, it'll be seamless. It'll be seamless. So for me, with the worship team, as you guys know, I want to go ahead and tell you um, <laughs> who's taking my place and pass it to her with honor and joy. So Joanne Gomez and her husband Enrique. Stand up, just wave. Just This is Joanne, if you don't know who she is. Thank you. And I say Enrique too, and no, thank you Jesus, he's not leading worship. But <laughs> Joanne and I have been friends just as long as PG and I have. She hated my guts and just last week started liking me, so we're good. Um, but I will say, just kidding, um, she didn't like me at first, though. But jo Joanne and her husband, it's a team effort, y'all agree, in ministry? So he has to support her just as much as she does her job. So you'll see us over the next couple months. We're not leaving today, so don't, like, come hug me and make me cry even more. But we, you'll know when we are exiting. Um, so that's for the worship team. That's our heart. And she, you, she has the DNA of RCC in her. You will not even know I'm gone. Absolutely. And then as for Youth with Rooted, um, we're really excited, too, because working with us, Chris and Tiffany have been working with us, and they're going to be transitioning and taking that place. So you guys have to now wave or stand up or something. So wave. 
You're going to wave. Don't be an attitude. There you go. So she's going to wave. And they're going to be taking over and doing the youth. And um, again, one of the things I would say is so important is when a church transitions, some of you guys know us a little closer. Some of you are just kind of on the outside. You don't really know us in an intimate level. But keep in mind that no matter where you're at in the congregation, a natural thing sometimes takes place. We do a thing where we compare or we think of, well, it used to be this way or now it's this way. Don't do that. Don't ever allow comparison to come in. It doesn't matter. We're hoping it's going to be very different. We're hoping it's going to be their own DNA. So I want you guys to be so supportive of both of them. So from the youth department to the worship department, no matter what is going on, you need to be be the biggest cheerleaders. And you need to be the ones that stand behind them. And um, and again, I know that it's just, it's an interesting transition. And it's going to be great. We will be here visiting, and you'll see us again. But we're going to take a break once this does transition for a little while because we don't want to be the lingering shadow that's looking over them. We want them to have a time to grow and find their place and get rooted in what they're doing. And um, we're really excited. And so, you know, I have a couple things I just want to say really quick. Um, It's off topic. So... I've been really feeling strongly for RCC. Uh, I've been, it's been in my spirit, my heart, for probably a good two months. And I'm starting to get more and more understanding and language for it. And I told PG today, um, I really feel deeply that there's something happening in two areas. Not that, not that it's not happening everywhere, but there's two areas specifically that I believe that the Spirit of the Lord is going to begin to move in such a way that it's going to break out from those two areas. One is the men's department with the men. Um, and I think what, what I see there is I also see the tie-in with the couples group. There's with the marrieds. I see there being a tie-in between those. Now, it's going to happen in all the groups, but something is going on, and I think it really started and got me because with the men, there is something about the next move that the church is doing that we've cried for years as the body of Christ for men to be men in the church. And it also means men must be men in their homes. And I feel that the men here are going to get this. And the culture of community that we so love here is going to go beyond the beauty of fellowship and into the depths of real community. But I believe the men and the married couples are going to find it first and then teach it to the rest of us. And I want you to understand there's something special there. So if you're part of those groups or you're not a part of those groups, Get engaged and involved with them. There's something going on there. I believe it's going to happen very quickly for everybody else. You can see great things with the women and the kids and all that. But I really feel something special for the men and also for the couples. So um, I just want to encourage you guys with that. If you're not a part of that or you are a part of that, either way, get serious with what's going on. Take this as a prophetic word. Take this as whatever you want. But I believe in order for there to be the revival you're crying out for, that reformation within those groups will happen. We're going to see conviction the fear of the Lord, repentance, and then there's going to be a clean slate where there's not guilt, condemnation, shame, and all of a sudden everybody can rise up out of that and not feel the weight anymore. It's going to be painful at first, but you guys are going to do it, and you're going to set the course. So I just want to encourage you with that, and, um, and wives, just keep going right along with that and just run with them. So that was just something else, but go ahead. And then lastly, I just want to tell you as a church, you have a piece of gold in Pastor George. Um, I say that as his friend, but 
you guys, if you don't, we run, we go through many different ministries. We help a lot of different ministries. We've served at different churches and helping raise up. This is gold. And we have sat for hours and hours talking through things, building, dreaming, praying, fighting, all the things. We've done it all. But it always comes back down, right? But, <laughs> but it always comes back down to one thing. This man wants to serve the Lord and the purpose of the Lord in this house. John and I can stand here and be honest and say I've never seen it in my entire life. This is a genuine person who in all of his annoying things that he does, <laughs> his passionate things he yes, does, yes. but his beautiful, Absolutely. but his beautiful things he does is genuine. Yeah, if and you, that's, if, that's the other thing too. With him, with PG, the, the one of the things that you'll notice is he's got this genuine innocence of excitement all the time. It's real. At first you thought he was just crazy, but it's actually genuine. He's always the little kid opening up presents for the first time on Christmas morning. Okay? For some of you, you're like, I need a break. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Everybody here has a role to play. The role to play is this. His strengths you need. Your strengths he needs. You need one another. Never put him on a pedestal like some kind of golden calf, okay? He's not, that's not who he is. He's a husband, a father, and he's the pastor here who loves you guys. He will not be perfect, but he will do everything he can to try. So what I want you guys to remember is patience, kindness, grace, run with him. Whatever it is that you feel, oh, man, well, that's just not my style. There's a lot of things that my style is different, his style is different. If we can work together being very opposite, yeah. this church can do the same thing, and you can do that with one another. Amen. Do this. Run well. And be excited. And don't let anything out of your mouth come out that's not edifying. Don't speak of anyone. Gossip and slander is just vicious. It will destroy this house. Don't do it. Don't do it. Honor every single person here, even if they drive you crazy. So, RCC, we honor you, and we love you, and we're excited for the next couple months with you. Pastor George, we honor you, and we love you. Yeah, man. We love you, man. We're awesome. Don't cry. No, 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 no. I love them. We're going to pray for them, obviously, when they do um, transition. And I can't thank you guys enough for the blood, sweat, and tears that you have uh, poured with us. Um, I tell you, if you were here in our four-year anniversary, I don't know if you guys were here, uh, Prophet Stephen Galoza, uh, and it's important that I say this, you know, had Chris and Tiffany stand up, but he, he read their, uh, Chris's, like, mail, and he said his birthday, and, um, and then his name, and then Chris was like, oh, and, and then he said, you're about to transition into youth ministry. Well, some of you guys didn't even know what was going on. I say this because there's always going to be opinions in transitions. It's always going to be, oh, he's there, not this, or, or, oh, I like this, or I like this person better, I like this person better. Let just know, just know that you're, you're wrestling against what God is doing if you grumble and you complain. So stay away from talking too much about what's happening, and let's, listen, support each other. Can I hear an amen? And, uh, again, I want to thank John and Christina. You guys are amazing. Could you give them a big hand, guys? Amen. Now, just, 
I know some of you guys kind of instinctively knew, but we wanted to honor them. And I know we're going a little bit further in time than we usually do because we had a lot of things. But today I want to, if you could give me 15 minutes more extra uh, in your seats, I want to be able to start something. I'm going to start a new series that I've never done before, and it's, uh, I'm entitling it Anchors. Anchors. And, but it's tied into RCC's core values. We're entering already our four-year anniversary that just happened two months ago. And I realized that I have never preached a series on RCC's core values to you. Now, what are our core values? There are things that identify us as a church. There are things that anchor us as a church. There are things that are our pillars. That There's a lot of other things that we can uh, build our pillars and anchors like There's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that you're not going to see named up here, but one of them is really prayer and intercession. That's a big thing. But when we talk about our core values, we're talking about things that really anchor us as a local church. And I'm going to take one core value a week, if God allows me to, and I'm going to release it, why we do what we do here at RCC. Watch this. And what is our goal? What are one of our main goals to, to reach a community? And the, the first one we're going to talk about today, there's about five core values. Uh, PK has four, but I extended them to five, which I will eventually give each one. But one of the big core values at RCC is inner healing and freedom. And I'm going to talk about inner healing. Amen. Thank you for that clap, Annie. Come on. Amen. Corner Annie back there. Glory to God. Thank, listen, here's why. A lot of people get tripped up about the phrase inner healing. I'm going to give you today a lot of language. Say a lot. I'm going to give you a lot of language for the first time on what inner healing means. Because you have a lot of movements like, oh, we don't need inner healing. We, don't, you know, we got saved. But I'm going to break it down so you could see what we mean when we mean inner healing. Because it's really freedom in the heart level where your emotions are in the domain, the domain of your emotions. And in the mind where it's the domain of your thought life. So inner healing has to do with the core of who you are in your emotions and your minds. Free us from hurtful wounds that stop us from walking out in the fullness of God. Chew that for a second. It's a bit now, so I'm going to give you a lot of definitions. I'm going to give you some scripture, and I believe I'm going to share this. Why? Because I want you all to finally come and say, this is not only my church, but I know our core values. I didn't ask for, for this. God gave this to me, and I believe this. Now, the reason why I say this is because I told a friend of mine, before I go to the scriptures, I want to just intro it with this. Years ago, I told a friend, past, a pastor friend of mine, I said, uh, so-and-so, I believe in the body of Christ. There's a lot of messages, lots of teachings that are necessary. We all need it. We're all the body of Christ. If everyone looked the same, we would not be the body. If everyone was the hand, we would not be a body. Come on. If everyone was the leg, we would not be a body. If everyone was the mouth, we wouldn't be a body. And so we need to celebrate every stream of teaching because we're one body, right? Now, the reason I say this is because I believe there's probably more, but I've identified three main teaching streams, and I told my buddy years ago, of of messengers or teachers in the body of Christ. Not in any order, but the first stream is what I call instructional messages. Everybody say instructional all right, there's a lot of great teachers, great, great messengers in the body of Christ today that their mandate from the Lord is instructional in context. In other words, it's they pre- preparing the, uh, the knowledge of the, of the Lord for the saints on certain things 
that has to do with key instructions or commands, if you will. Things that are non-negotiable, like the coming of the Lord. Those are instructional teachings, teaching how and when the coming of the Lord, the importance of the coming of the Lord, teaching us how to live holy, teaching us that we need to pray and fast. Come on, say amen. These are all important, and we need to receive that. So the one stream is instructional. The second stream of messages in the body of Christ are prophetic. Again, these, I didn't read this in a book. I'm just summarizing it in my own experience, right? It's prophetic messages, prophetic teachings. What is the prophetic teachings? Is a revelation from the Lord to his messengers for something specific in the now or in the future, right? Something specific that the Lord's saying now, let the, he who has an ear to hear, let the Lord, let, let him hear what the what? The Spirit is saying to the saying, not said. Come on, say amen, right? And so prophetic messengers or prophetic teaching, I want you to see this because some of them are like, this is not my flavor. No, all of us is our flavor, right? We need to have different dishes to grow, all right? So prophetic messages are about our, our real time from the Lord, uh, revelations of what God wants to do on the earth now or a certain place now or future events. The third stream of teaching or the third type of messengers or type of teaching, this is where I, I RCC come a lot in, in, in with, is teachings that heal the inner man. Now, this is not exclusively what we do. That's not all that we do by far, but it's a heavy anchor. It's a heavy pillar at RCC. Why? Because I have seen people, now listen to me, this is, this is going to just go transition into why we at RCC value inner healing. Because inner healing, all it is, is freedom and wholeness. That's what is after in your mind and in your emotions. Why? Because I could see, I've seen people that could quote the scripture better than me, but their marriage is messed up. They're full of anger. They're full of bitterness and offense and unforgiveness. Come on, somebody. And so our desire is not just to only have instructional messages or prophetic messages without healing the heart. Without healing the mind. Because if all we do is say, you've got to do this, they're saying, I want to do that, but I'm incapable until I get some instructions to how to heal my own mess in my life. Years, I'm not a dreamer, but years ago I had a dream, and I was in these, oh, Lord, thank God it was only a dream. I was in these running uh, uh, gear, like, it looked like spandex stuff, right? <laughs> Come on, Dan, I see you laughing. Don't do that to me. And I'm running, you know, and I'm, and I'm getting excited. And in this dream, I saw a couple of well-known preacher uh, people there. And I remember, oh, who, I'm, I'm with them. I'm running with them. I'm running. And, and we're all getting ready. And we're, <coughs> I can't even see that. <coughs> and we're stretching. <laughs> I didn't pull a muscle. But we're stretching and we're, and we're, and we're listen, this is the dream. I'll never forget. We're getting excited. We're stretching. We're like, are you ready? Are you ready? Oh, we're ready. We're ready. Oh, I'm running with you. I'm running with you. And we're literally on a track. I remember it was a track and field thing. And all of a sudden to my right, I, I, I saw this, this man in, in a wheelchair, and he was paraplegic. And he had the same gear I did. He had the spandex and everything. You know, like he, he had the jogging gear. And he was very sad, very stoic, very non-excited like us, right? And, of course, I would never say this in the natural because it would be rude. But in the, in the dream, I go, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you excited? You're here on the track with us. You know, it didn't, in the dream, God was trying to show me something, right? And he said, I will not be excited. I will not be excited until I'm healed. And then when I, he said that, I woke up out of the dream. 
And you know what? I come from, uh, I come from a healing ministry, from Benny Hinn's ministry years ago. So I'm thinking, oh, the Lord now in this season is going to bring forth miracles and signs and wonders in my ministry. And you're going to see all these things. That, that's what God is saying to me. And it was like God was going. And I would pray and I feel nothing. And I was like, I was think about this and it'll feel nothing. And then finally after a couple of days that I've been searching the Lord, the Lord says, this dream is not what you think it is about the physical healing. The, the Lord says, these, there are people in the body of Christ that are hurting that want to, watch this, do the instructional things that are taught them. But they're too wounded to be able to do anything until they get healed. Let me tell you something. We can have all the instructions that we want, but if your heart is broken into a million pieces, if you are wounded, you will never grow into that which God has called you to be. Why? Because the heart and the mind affect your behavior. And if your heart's messed up, your behavior's messed up. I'm not talking about the organ only. I'm talking about your, your emotions. When your emotions because of hurt or some sort of thing that you have held for a long time, it will cause you to, to err in your walk with God. Now, that was just my intro, so I'm trying to hurry up here, okay? Now, Psalm 51, I want you to see, I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures. Are you guys enjoying this so far? Okay, Psalm 51 in the, in the Passion Translation, and then we're going to read it again in the Amplified, okay? Now, just to give you some little language about what I mean by inner healing, you know, uh, there's, some, there's some people that have gone as far as saying, well, all you need is salvation, and, and that's it. Well, here's, I'm going to give you context to it, that you could be saved and be bound. Come on, I got five amens. Don't tell me that everyone saved in here has not had some deep bondages in their life. That's what freedom is needed for, for you to apply. There's certain things that you have to do, like repent, release, renounce, and receive. Those four R's in order for you to be healed. Now, now watch what Psalm 51, verse 6 in the, the Passion Translation says. I know that you delight. No, uh, oh, he, he, no in the TPT, the, the Passion Translation. We're going to do that first. I know that you delight in truth. Deep, watch this, in my spirit, so come into the hidden places of my heart and teach me wisdom, right? Now, th now think about this language here, right? Look at the same scripture in the Amplified. The Amplified version says this, in Psalm 51, watch this. Now, this is going to sound like that's not even right grammar, right? It says, behold, you desire truth, watch this, in the inner being. Why can't, why can't he just say you desire truth in your life? He says, you desire truth in, your inner, in the inner being. Make me, therefore, to know wisdom in my inmost heart. What is the inmost heart? Do we have, like, two hearts physically? Do we have an outward heart and an inward heart? No. The inmost heart speaks of your inner man. It speaks of, watch this, where your emotions reign. Listen, don't make me drop the mic this early because this is good stuff. I'm here to tell you that if you're honest with yourself, one of the majority of things that have blocked your life to the fullness and fruitfulness of Christ are emotional and mental wounds. Think about what I'm saying. Somebody did something to you. Something happened when you were a child. Somebody said something. A church did something to you. And even though the instruction part is kicking in and saying you shouldn't do that, your heart, your emotional part saying, I am hurting. This is not fair. And there's a battle between what you know is right and your reality of your heart. Right? 
And so I want you to see this first slide. I want to give you a couple of de- kind of definitions, if you will. I don't even call it that, but phrases to understand inner healing. Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay. Watch this first slide. Inner healing speaks of complete freedom in the heart, our emotions, the mind, how we think, and in the inner core of our being, freedom from demonic influence in our lives. Do you know that part of inner healing is addressing sometimes demonic influence in our lives? Do you know that it's not okay? I'm going to repeat it loud from the rooftop. It is not okay for you to be walking as a Christian and be bound by demons. It is not okay. And the goal of inner healing is wholeness in every area of your life, spirit, soul, and body. That's why the book of Thessalonians, and some of it is going to be reviewed because this has been my DNA for 20 years. The the Bible says that God desires in 1 Thessalonians for us to be made whole, spirit, soul, and body, right? I love that because he leaves nothing out. That means body too. That means your physical body too. He wants you to be healthy. I can't stand people that over-spiritualize everything and they're eating unhealthy and they're saying like the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. No, the blood of Jesus is not going to take the calories away from that hamburger. You can say the blood of Jesus all you want, but the blood in your arteries are going to be like, ah! That wasn't in my nose. That just came right now. The scriptures declare that we are made spirit, soul, and body. Now watch this. And one of the ways, you can put this up, one of the ways here at RCC and even biblically that we apply inner healing and wholeness is by knowing our biblical identity. Come on, preach, PG. Come on. Watch this. One of the ways, that's why we're big in identity here, because one of the ways we achieve the goal, watch this, of freedom and inner healing is by knowing our identity. That's the problem with the church. Guess what? Newsflash. There has to be responsibility on your part for you to walk in wholeness. I can't wave my hand and say inner healing and freedom and you're going to be healed. There has to be an understanding of your godly identity so that you could walk in wholeness. Because when you know your identity, then you'll identify what is actually lies that you have been believing truth all your life. You know, that's a beautiful moment when the light turns on. You're like, I've been believing a lie for all these years that I am what people say I am or I am what my job is or I am what my struggle is. And when that light turns on, you'll say, no. You actually talk out loud and say, no, I rebuke that lie. It's not coming in my mind. It's not my identity. You want to be free? Start with knowing who you are in Christ. I'm going to say that again. You want to be free? It's not about fasting and praying until something comes out of your mind. Start figuring out who you are in Christ until you will become a giant in the spirit. And I'm going to say this. Some people that don't know their identity will think that people that know their identity are cocky and are uh, arrogant when it's really confidence. To a person that doesn't know their identity, confidence appears as cockiness or haughtiness. Do you understand that that is what identity is? So we have a limited understanding of inner healing and deliverance. We think inner healing and freedom only belongs to super bad people. Or we think inner healing and freedom has to have certain manifestations to it. That's why we avoid it. 
We think that inner healing or freedom or wholeness in our life comes with foaming at the mouth and shaking. Come on, right? We think when we say deliverance, oh, I don't need deliverance. I don't got no demon and I don't got. Yeah, you may not have a demon in your life, but your mind may be completely messed up from childhood emotions that you have carried. Those hurtful, watch this, those hurtful experiences actually equate to hurtful feelings that carry with your experiences. I used to say this all the time to my youth ministry years ago. I used to say, experience produces expression. Say that with me. Say, experience produces expression. One more time. Experience produces expression. That doesn't mean the expression on your face only, although your experiences will kind of have that little filter on your expression of your faith. Do you know that so many people that are, are, are genuinely hurting, they don't know how to get out, you can see it in their face. I've never seen someone who is hurting, bound in depression, have joy on their face. But I'm not only talking about expression in your face. I'm talking about expression in your lifestyle. If you have experienced things that require, watch this. Now, please hear me because I want to pass you now. You to humble yourself and ask for forgiveness about hating someone. Ready? Ready? Are you ready for this? Talking about someone. You know that we are so quick to ask for forgiveness about the big sins in our life. But we're not quick to admit when we've talked about someone because we justify talking about someone as venting. And I'm venting, and let me just say that I had a dream the other day. Be careful with group chats. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying, this is not in my notes, but I had a dream. Be careful with group chats that you think, family group chats, friend group chats, uh, ministry group chats, that you're talking and you're assassinating someone's character behind the scenes. Don't let me preach good this morning. This is nowhere near what I was talking about, but I'm saying, you want inner healing? It includes that. It includes us not talking bad about somebody. It, it includes not venting and assassinating someone's character. It doesn't matter. We're all brothers and sisters in the kingdom. We don't always see eye to eye, but let's not justify that we're so holy that we can assassinate someone and call it right, and yet when we, that, that we have no responsibility to repent of those things. Guys, inner healing is about freedom in your heart and in your mind. Listen, that is what it's all about. Look at this next slide. Of all the kinds of healing, it's going to be on your screen, inner healing is the reality that frees us from our deepest suffering along with freeing us from the bondages and strongholds that seek to destroy our lives i want you to see this other quote here on the screen i know there's a lot but i want you to see this this is a mixture of things that i've read throughout the years and my own quote so this is a big quote look at this quote that i want to read here inner healing is needed whenever we become look it's on the screen watch this whenever we become aware i want you to Take a picture of this. Inner healing is needed whenever we, let me just pause and say we. Here's the key to inner healing. Stop looking for someone else to be healed. <laughs> it's, wait, what, is, what do I need? What, what has been brought up in my life? What am I grumbling about? What am I complaining about? How do I react to things? Inner healing is needed when we become aware that we are held down in any way by the incidents and experiences or hurts of the past. How many can relate to that? 
right? How many can relate that there are some things that have happened in your childhood or in another church that has deeply wounded you and has affected your walk and crippled your walk for many years until you got free, okay? No, keep that up there. Keep that, that thing up there, please. And then, then the, and it goes back, and it, and it continues. It says, inner healing is needed when we are hindered in any way in the present. Watch, not in the past only, from functioning in the freedom that God called us and created us to walk in. Here's a clue of you need inner, inner healing and inner freedom. If you're constantly finding yourself picking at a wrong for something to happen in your life, that means something has not been dealt with. You know, I don't know a little clue how you get free. You know that you're free from jealousy. When someone that you used to be jealous about, you could actually have a rejoicing in your heart when they get promoted. And you're actually rejoicing really from your heart. Not like, yay, I can't believe that it's not my turn. I can't believe. Do you know all these times when I have done it and God has passed me by and we have that fake smile like, yay, praise the Lord. You, know, wanna, you, know, you, know, you wanna know when you're healed from something where you no longer have that, I don't even have the language with that, that alarm, that in your spirit when you see someone that hurts you. Does it mean you have to be best friends with them? It doesn't mean you have to be buddy-buddy with them, but you're clear in your heart and in your mind from any offense and bitterness. That is inner healing. That is freedom. And I'm here to tell you, I'm going to tell you scripturally in just a couple of minutes, that one of Jesus' main reasons that he came on the earth, I'm going to shock you. There's four main reasons, but two of them, when it describes the spirit of the Lord coming on him, have to do with wholeness, freedom, and inner healing. There's Jesus actually came. Are you ready for this? One of the reasons, I know that this is going to sound really spiritual deep to some of you. He actually came for one reason, many, but one of them is to heal broken hearted realities. Broken heart. Now think about that statement. It's not talking about broken heart physically because you would die with a broken heart. It's talking about broken hearts, watch this, emotionally. Here's a, here's, here's a beautiful thing. Jesus desires to heal you emotionally. Oh. And can I tell you, anger is an emotion. It could, be a, it could be fueled by a spirit, but it's an emotion. Next week, I'm, I've decided to, to extend the inner healing part for two weeks because it's so deep. I can't cover it in one. I want to talk about something that I talked about once before, the, the emotional strongholds that we carry and how to be free from emotional strongholds. Because when we think of strongholds, we think of demonic strongholds, but there's emotional strongholds. There's things like fear. There's things like, uh, like anger and unforgiveness and offense. These things, I don't care who you are, we cannot be okay living with. I am shocked how many Christians believe that it's okay to, to live with bitterness and unforgiveness because they were wronged. Here's the thing about offense, just a little clue. Offense is so um, camouflaging because it only focuses on the wrong that was done to you and that opens your eyes to the damage that's doing in your heart. Oh, that's good stuff right there. Offense camouflages you, camouflages are the reality of our need to change and repent from that uh, offense or even say, hey, I forgive you. Even if they did wrong to you, I just want you to know that I forgive you. I don't condone what you did, but I want to be free from this. Freedom requires forgiveness. 
And unless God heals our areas of brokenness, we will not fully grow into the people that God has created us to be. We will, I'm going to read this. We will live as prisoners trapped in the bondage of our deep wounds. We, I want to say that again. We will live as prisoners trapped in the bondage of our deep wounds. Even if you're angry at me, I know that sounds crazy, while I'm preaching this, something is not right. I can't believe he's talking about this stuff. I can't believe it. Th th that is the mercy of God revealing to you that you need some inner healing. Because you know what the kingdom of God is? Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. What emotional wounds seek to do is sap out the joy in our walk with God. Do you know why it's important also to have inner healing? Because, not watch this, is because not only are we in bondage to the things that we do, we are sometimes in bondage to what other people do to us. In doing, in, in pastoring for many years and being, having this part of my DNA for many years, you know how many people, probably the majority of, of Christians, are wounded and hurting mostly because of what other people did to them or what other people said to them or what other people didn't do. The father was never there. The mother was never there. There was rejection. And guess what? We all try to be strong, and we fake like we haven't been hurt in our lives. But if you're real with yourself, disappointment in your life can breed a hardened heart. And you got to be careful when your heart starts beginning a little hard because then conviction slips away, your righteousness slips away, your mercy slips away, your compassion and love for people slips away, and only your pain is the focal point of what you're going through. And a hardened heart is dangerous in your walk for God. A hardened heart no longer feels conviction. It no longer feels mercy. It no longer feels love. Guess what happens next? You start being angry at God. And when you're angry with God... You're going to be miserable. I've, I've been there. It's a miserable thing to be angry at God. It's a miserable thing. Watch this. Look at this next slide. Are you getting something this morning? Yeah. That's why at RCC, one of the avenues, say avenues, that we go by achieving inner healing here at this house is Journey Weekends. I remember sitting at a table in Panera Bread about four years ago with uh, Pastor Donnie and Ruth and all these, and some of them have transitioned, and we had it in a table, and I said, guys, we've got to do something to provide inner healing for the people, because they're going to come in, and all, if all they see, feel is the fire of God, I love the fire of God, but that's not enough. If all they experience is really good worship, and we don't train them how to get, get um, healed from generational bondages and hurts in their life, they will walk out that door and continue to do the thing that they've always done. Watch this. When you change your heart, you change the behavior. And by the way, pride is another one. I'm picking that up right now. Pride. Pride is another emotional stronghold. Well, I don't need that. I don't need that. You have no idea what they did, so that doesn't apply to me. Pop. Some of you in the spirit have these big heads. I'm serious. I don't say that in a, big, in a bad way. I say you actually think that you are above the need for repentance in your own life. Because God forbid you never did and you never hurt anybody. You ne they only hurt you, but you never hurt anybody in your life. And I'm talking to everybody. Some people, some of you think that the parents are the only ones that hurt you. You hurt your parents too. 
Come on, parents. Come on, parents. You hurt your parents too. They just may not say anything to you. You, they, just because your parents don't express it like you do don't mean that you, they didn't get hurt by your actions too. Let's not think that we are the victim and we're the only ones that need other people to say, I am sorry. I always say this, forgiveness is a decision, not a feeling. But here's another thing I say, I always say, don't wait for the other person to come to you to get right. Don't say, well, you know what? They did this to me, so I ain't going to forgive. You know how many arguments I see, especially in marriages? Well, I'll forgive you if you forgive me. Come on. You know that I'm talking to you. know I'm talking to you. No, you know what? If, I, if you forgive me, then I'll forgive you. You didn't tell me you forgave me but the other night. I've done that with my wife. It's like, babe, I want you to forgive me. Well, you didn't, forgive, you didn't say forgive me. I go, I'm always for asking for forgiveness. <laughs> you know, man, man, come on. You know what I'm talking about. I'm like, babe, I just want you one forgiveness from you. Come on, I'm no, just joking. <laughs> Watch this. Zoom in, zoom in, right? In ministry, look at this, look at this slide. This is now, now I'm gonna give you what I call one of the PG Hallmark scriptures of inner healing. This next scripture is by far my favorite, most effective scripture whenever I try to explain inner healing. This next one. But look at this slide. The ministry of inner healing and inner freedom it was, one, is, and one, was one of the main works of Jesus healing the brokenhearted and setting the captives free. Now, what is the scripture? Do you, can you think about it? Can you think about it? That's it. Luke chapter 4. There's always in every message, like in the prayer movement, and there's always like these hallmark scriptures that just anchor the truth of that message. If any scripture anchors the truth and the need for inner healing and why the Holy Spirit came on Jesus, is Luke chapter 4. Let's read it together. I know it's, it's popular. Are you getting something this morning? Look at verse 16. So Jesus came to Nazareth. We all read this, but let's read it like, like for the first time, guys. Where he had been brought up, and he, as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. I always get amazed when I read this story. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Here it is. Watch this. Here's the reason. Are you ready? The Spirit of the Lord is come upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to what? What? Heal what? Think about that. He has sent me. Hey, Jesus, one of the reasons that I'm sending you is because there's a lot of wounded folks and I'm sending you to heal them. Listen, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. That's good news. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. That's freedom from demonic oppression and possession and everything else. Bondages, addictions, right? And recovery of sight to the blind. That's physical healing. So, so watch this. I want to say this real quick. So out of the four things that you see, the Spirit of God coming on Jesus, specifically sending him to do things on the earth, two out of the four have to do with freedom, wholeness, and inner healing. The first one is uh, spiritual healing. Okay, I'm going to break this down real quick. Spiritual healing happens when you get saved. Your spirit is renewed. All right? You, you're, that's called justification. 
which means that there's nothing you could do. You ask God for, to forgive you, and immediately his righteousness comes in and renews your spirit, right? So that phrase, we get that when it says, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, preach the gospel, right? Because the gospel will cause us to repent, to be born again. That's a term you don't hear a lot. Born again. That means you once was lost and now you're found. That's spiritual healing. And then physical healing, he talks about it in that verse when he says, he sent me to, to, um, to heal those who are blind, recover the sight of the blind. Now, if you read that in context, yes, it could apply to spiritual blindness, but he already took care of that in salvation. You hear me, right? So when we get saved, our eyes are immediately open. He took care of that at salvation. When he says heal, heal blind eyes, he was actually physically talking about physical blind eyes. That's physical healing. And then he says he's come to heal the brokenhearted and set captives free. Two out of the four reasons that the Holy Spirit came upon him was for us to be made whole. What good is it if your body's right but your mind's jacked up? It's okay to say jacked up. I'm a little... What is it if you have all the degrees and all the doctorates and all the, all the right uh, ways to walk and talk and your heart has been wounded by past hurts? Why, why is this a need? Because the need for inner healing, and I'm going to be done here, is important and vital for our walk with the Lord. And if you've seen me teach this before, here's a revelation of Luke chapter 4. Are you ready for this? Watch this. Luke chapter 4, and this is a review to some of you, but there's a lot of new people, so I felt led to have to say this. If you read Luke chapter 4 in the King James, old King James, it gives us an incredible revelation of what Jesus is after. Are you ready for this? This is going to really heal those, especially who are hurting emotionally, that just had a breakup, just had an emotional breakup, or, or just had a, 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 a family affair. How many know that breakups in family hurt a lot? How many know when your mom or dad or your, or your son or your sisters something and you haven't talked for years? How many know that it's because of wounds that cause you not to talk for years? Now I want you to see Luke, I'm almost done, Luke chapter 4, that same scripture in the New King James. Look what it says in verse, is it 18 or 16? Oh, watch this. Now this is the King James version, right? Just so you have a clue. Some of you know this because this is my DNA, but some of you are new to this. So watch what it says. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. So you have to put that hath in there. Anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance. I love that word. To the captives. Watch this. Recovery of sight to the blind and at set at liberty them, watch this, that are bruised. Oh, in the New King James, it says, set the liberty to those who are pressed. In the King James, it says, set the liberty to those who are bruised. Bruised. I looked up that word bruised. I looked up the word broken, and I looked up the word heart. And bruised is talking about, think about a bruise on your arm. He is not talking about your physical heart being bruised, but he's talking about the feeling of hurt, feeling like a physical bruise to your heart, to your actual heart. The word broken, when he says, I've come to heal the brokenhearted, is the Greek word centribo. Say centribo. And the word centribo in the Greek, I'm going to read it so I won't get messed up. The Greek word in the Greek means this. It means to break into many pieces so that it is unrecoverable or unreconcilable in the natural, not in the spiritual, and to crush so the word broken means to break into many 
pieces, right? The word heart, are you ready for this? So you know that it's not figurative. I want you to hear this. This is not just some little figurative speech that Jesus is doing. The word heart, look it up. Please don't take my word for it. Look it up in the Greek lexicon. The word heart is cardia, K-A-R-D-I-A, where we get the term cardiac in the English language. Cardiac of the physical heart. So you combine those two. He came to heal the broken pieces that have been shattered in your life with incidents that have felt like your heart is being bruised. That's what he comes to heal. Oh, this is some good news. He came to heal the heart that has been shattered into a million pieces by the past, by molestation, by abuse, by words. And he says, those things that remain unreconcilable to the world in your heart, I could take those pieces. And I'm not only going to heal you, I'm going to give you a new one. Create in me a new heart. And renew a steadfast spirit in me. This is a beautiful thing. The David cried out, I want you to heal not only my heart, but I want you to create a new one. How many are getting something this morning? Now, I want, you, I want the worship team to come up here because I'm going to end it with about three scriptures back to back here. So as you guys are getting up, I want you to see this. I want to close by, by giving you some biblical examples and need for inner healing and, and some people that through the eyes of revelation, through the eyes of revelation, experience deep healing. You know when I talk about vibrant heart? Everybody say vibrant heart. Say vibrant heart. I think I missed so I, I, I that definition, so I want to try to find it. I want to try to find it because this is so important. Because um, I went off, I went off in the, into the Holy Spirit here, and I wanted to make sure that I find. Okay, a vibrant heart. Everybody say vibrant heart. That's what inner healing produces, Okay. Having, this is the dictionary, having or showing great life, great activity, and great energy, being very bright and strong, watch this, pulsating with life. Can you, in your Christian walk, honestly say that you're pulsating with life? I'm not saying that you have to be perfect, but has there been a time that you have been pulsating with life, or are you barely making it as a Christian. You know, and I see, uh, and I see some of you guys, and, and, and excuse me for saying we're family, but like, you know, I see Kashana back there, and Kashana, yeah, come on, Kashana. I see vibrancy in your life. The Lord highlighted you when I was, when I was studying, because you're so vibrant, but you didn't come that way. You came with deep wounds, and your, your head was low. Your eyes weren't, weren't locking in. Now your eyes are glowing. You're confident. Why? Because of inner healing and of freedom. You went to a journey weekend. And you dealt with hurts of your life, and you got instantly free. And now what? She is serving in the worship team. She's serving. Come on. Watch this. She's serving in the children's ministry. Here's a revelation for you. If you really want to serve, then get healed because wounded people will wound people, but healed people will heal people. When you are healed, you won't have to ask people to volunteer anymore because the healing nature of God will provoke you to do things for the Lord. You can't ask somebody to, to, the blind can't lead the blind. Say, there's a need for inner healing in my life. The toughest people to convince this message of, of people who know the word a lot and people who've been walking with the Lord a lot. 
I just lost probably 80% of you. Because you feel that in your study and in your experience that you don't need to examine yourself from time to time to see if there's some inner need for inner healing in your heart and in your mind. Now watch this, and I'm closing with this. Here's some, I'm gonna, you're going to see it on the screen like this, okay? Now look at me. I'm going to end it with some scriptures on the need for inner healing and some examples of stories that if you look through a prophetic eye, you'll see that there's inner healing in these stories. Are you ready with me? Are you ready? Look at the first scripture in Hebrews. Look at the first scripture, Hebrews 12, verse 14. Watch this. Pursue peace. Now, these are more the instructional reasons of why we need inner healing. You see how it interchanges instruction and healing? Now, this is the instructional message on why we need inner healing and wholeness. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Now, watch this. Continue. Watch this. Looking carefully, unless anyone falls short of the grace of God. Are you ready for this? And any root of bitterness springs up cause trouble and by this many have become defiled i'm going to say a powerful statement i was talking to somebody yesterday i was in a family uh, um, thing at the wood campsite at fort wilderness and i was talking to somebody they found out i was a pastor you know they're cursing and all that stuff and they found out pastor like oh hey. and so i i didn't, didn't judge them and i said and they're like man uh can i talk to you for a second they started talking to me and they said, um, I, I grew up as a Christian. I grew up in a, in a Spanish um, Baptist Pentecostal church. He said, and I, was, and I was wounded. And I was wounded and I was forced and I felt like I was forced and people were judging me. He says, I haven't gone back to church in years. And I'm just listening to him. He goes, but, but I know the Bible. He goes, but I just was so wounded. And I looked at him and I said this, and I want you to hear this. I said, so-and-so, there's more people that are backslidden right now for the cause because of the church than because of the world. I said, and he looked at me like, you're a pastor. I go, yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm with you. There's more people that are backslidden right now because of the church than because of the desires of the world. Especially if you once walked with God. What happened? An offense came. Somebody said something to you. I know people right now, and you know who, that I'm talking to you, but I... We've had private conversations. Some of you were, you were about to leave because of hurt. And if the voice of the Lord had not come in, you, some of you would not be here. Thank God for the voice of the Lord. I've had those experiences. The Lord said they're hurting and they're not gonna, they don't, don't want to be here. I'm like, Lord, that's pressure. What if I didn't hear you? What if I didn't hear you and went to that person? But you, I don't have to hear him. You have to be aware. That some of your decisions are not from the Lord. Some of your decisions are the voice of your pain. Some of your decisions are the voice of your hurt. And you're convinced the Lord told me because I'm so hurt, I'm out of here. So did the Lord speak to you or did your pain speak to you? There's two voices. There's an enemy actually, there's more. There's an enemy, there's your own. There's a voice of the Lord and there's a voice of your pain and hurt. And wound and if you're not healed your wound will speak louder watch this than the voice of the Lord at that moment and you will be convinced that the Lord spoke to you when it's your wound that spoke to you 
Real quick, look at Matthew chapter 6. Christina, thank you for being patient with me. Six verse fourteen. Are you, are you? Do you feel the Holy Spirit here? Look at NL, in the NLT. Ready? This is another reason why we need inner healing. I'm just giving you scriptures to end it here. If you forgive, woo, this is an old-fashioned scripture here. We haven't we haven't read this scripture in a long time. If you forgive those who sin against you, watch this. Your heavenly Father will forgive you. Are you ready? But if you refuse to forgive. Others, you know that you can refuse. God gives it to you. God gives you that choice. If you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. Church, that is too expensive for me to carry. I don't care who you are. I want my sins to be forgiven. It is too expensive for me to hold on to your sin for me not to forgive you so that my sins won't be forgiven. No way. I refuse for my sins not to be forgiven because I refuse to forgive your sins. Let it go. The Bible just said, if you don't forgive, neither will your father forgive you of your sins. How many know privately that you got some issues and you need forgiveness of? It's too expensive of a price to pay. Some of you, I feel the Holy Spirit on that. You need to forgive today. Even if you were wronged, even if your whole family convinced you that it's okay for you to think and say what you said about so-and-so, forgive them. I said, forgive them. Two more scriptures and I'm closing. Actually, one more. Now, this is the, the prophetic side. I'm going to end it with this. This is more of the prophetic flow. I want you to see a story. Watch this. I'm closing here. Prophetically, prophetically, with the eyes of the Spirit, of how this man received emotional healing only because Jesus touched him. Sometimes we read the scriptures of the Bible and we feel like the people in the Bible had no feelings whatsoever. We just read the story and we feel like they're robots and they're just some sort of story. Do you realize that the people that we read about had emotions? They had feelings. They had hurt. They had, they had pain. And there's a story. The last story I'm going to say is in Matthew chapter 8. Look at this. Look at this. Oh, this is so beautiful. You want to get inner healing? You want to have a scriptural reference for a story where a heart was renewed emotionally? Even though it may not say it word for word. I want you to see this. Watch this. When Jesus came down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, watch this. Hear me now. A leper. Everybody say a leper. Say a leper. Say it one more time. Say a leper. It's not up there on the screen, but I'm just going to read it. Behold, a leper came and worshipped him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Hear me, hear me, don't lose me. We only focus on the natural healing, but we don't focus what happened behind the scenes to the man's heart. Watch this. Lord, if you're willing, heal me. Now, pause, pause, pause before we read anything. If you were a leper in those days, it was... Could you imagine, guys, that you are named by your, by your secret sins? This, so think about this. This is what the Lord Let's say you struggle secretly with pornography. Nobody knows this. But it's a hidden sin that you do not like about yourself. And yet, whenever you come to town, you have to say, I'm a pornographer. I'm a pornographer. I watch pornography. Everyone's going to be like,
Or watch this. I know this is a little graphic, but I want you to see this for the point I'm making. You come into, you come into a, a city. I'm a pedophile. Uh, can you imagine someone saying those things? A leper had to announce their leprosy. Unclean. Could you imagine the emotional pain? Could you imagine years being identified? Could you imagine probably crying before they went to a city? Because we don't know that, but they had real emotions. I have to identify myself now in front of all these people and be embarrassed because there's sores all over my body. And I have to walk and say, unclean, unclean. And the Bible says that everyone will be, oh, don't watch this, watch this, watch this. Don't get near him. They would actually say that. It was a Hebrew custom. Don't get near them or you will be unclean too. You want to know the moment that this man got healed emotionally and probably wept for days? And Jesus put out his hand and touched him. I'm not afraid to touch your mess, to touch your ugliness, to touch your messed up thing. I'm not afraid to touch your uncleanliness. I am not afraid. And I can imagine this leper, unclean, unclean. Lord, if you're willing, you can heal me. Put that scripture up there. Lord, if you're willing, you can unclean me, you can heal me. And Jesus could have easily said, be healed. But I'm going to treat you like everybody else treated you. I'm just going to say it, but I'm not going to touch you. He says, I'm not only going to heal you physically, I'm going to heal you emotionally. I'm going to touch you because I'm not afraid to fight. Could you imagine? He felt a physical touch for the first time in many years because no one got near him. And at that moment, he got healed physically. And he got healed emotionally. He put his hands on him. I am willing. Be cleansed. I'm not afraid to touch you in the area where others have labeled you. Jesus is still saying today, I am willing. I am willing to touch you in the deepest areas where you feel so ugly. I'm willing to touch you in the areas where you feel so shameful. I'm, I'm willing to touch you in the areas where nobody has ever wanted to touch you before. And you don't have to cry out, unclean, unclean anymore. I'm going to heal you physically, but I'm going to heal you emotionally because I'm not afraid to touch you. If you are not afraid to, of him touching you, then you are a candidate of healing today. But spirit, soul, and body. But there's some things you have to do to release this anger in your heart, to release this pain in your heart. You have to say, God, I have been carrying these wounds for a long time, and I've been saying I'm unclean for a long time. I've been saying that I'm depressed for a long time. I'm angry at a lot at most of the time. I've gossiped, but God says, I want to heal you first. Before you do anything else, I want to heal you. That's why we're praying on inner healing here. I want to heal you spirit, soul, and body. Can you hear an amen for that? Come on, stand up on your feet. Come on. Stand up on your feet right now all over this place. However you feel that, come on. I want us to right now get our hearts right. God wants to heal you emotionally. Deep wounds. Your thoughts.